1: Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway. Thursday edition is here. Plenty to get to throughout today's show. And we start right out of the gate, Chad, with uh, a great update on DeMar Hamlin from Doctors in Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, uh, terrific news. Yesterday we got some encouraging news from uh, DeMar Hamlin's camp. Today, earlier we get the release from the Buffalo Bills that um, he's doing much better. And that he is neurologically intact. And that is the key phrase here, that while he remains critically ill, that he is awake. uh, Started to wake up this morning, last night, and he is neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he's making steady progress. That from the doctors at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. This is the news, Hutton, that we've been waiting on. That there was some sort of response when he woke up from the intubation process. That has now happened. He's not able to speak as of now, but he was completely with it, writing out messages to the doctors throughout. And I'm, I'm assuming the not speaking is part of the lungs healing. Well, I believe process. they still have the
1: tube down. Uh, could, yes, that could for him do. there, so that that's part of it. And um, the the good news here is, to me, this is the typical thumbs up you would see from a player that's carted off a field. Yeah, you know, you're looking for some sign of relief. When you see this happen, uh, and I'm talking about any injury where you don't know, and in this case, uh, with the doctors holding a press conference, literally, uh, an hour ago is when this started, uh, two doctors there at the university of Cincinnati medical center, uh, took questions. They gave the update, uh, all very positive in that regard. And they said that DeMar wrote a message to them asking him, did we win the game? Speaking of the bills. Um, and they responded by saying, yes, you won the game of life. And the fact that he asked that question to me is the thumbs up in all of this, right? Because you're wanting to know, like, with the the, the potential uh, loss of oxygen to the brain and wanting to know, okay, what's the very latest? We discussed yesterday, Chad, not knowing and very little information coming out of the hospital in that regard from their media relations staff. They needed some firm Uh, information whenever he woke up that he was headed in the right direction before they even said anything. And now we have the presser, which we'll play a bit of it later in today's show um, as soon as we have access to the presser that ended uh, just a bit ago.
2: It's been such a long time. I mean, it just feels like you mentioned the thumbs up happens immediately. When you get that, you know things are good. But this happened Monday night. Here we are Thursday late afternoon. You know, after three o'clock on the East Coast, and as of an hour and a half ago, we really get that concrete information based on the doctor's press conference, and the way they phrased it with the initial release that the Bills put out was, as he started to wake up, or the process of waking up this morning, I guess coming to, so we don't know if that was induced by the doctors, if that happened on its own, or, or what went on, but That this morning could be in the middle of the night, you know, it could be any time after midnight, basically. So, I've read some things that talk about last night things started to look great, and then also this morning. But whatever the case, I'm with you. The fact that we hear that Demar Hamlin is asking, "Did we win the game?" to the doctors that cared for him, this is very encouraging news.
1: A great sign for him and his future. That hopefully he can
2: make a full recovery.
1: Also, uh, this is coming from the Associated Press, and they are citing two sources from within the National Football League that the NFL will not resume the Bills-Bengals game that was suspended on Monday night due to uh, Hamlin's collapse on the field where he went into cardiac arrest. And I'll I'll read directly from the AP report. Uh, Both people spoke to the AP on condition of anonymity because the league is still figuring out how to determine playoff seedings and scheduling. The NFL Players Association also must approve these changes, and I've detailed that. The, the Goodell can make the ruling, but what he can't do is go against the collective bargaining agreement. And in terms of the, the bylaws that are in place for how you qualify for the postseason, well, the non-contest, no-contest tiebreakers really don't exist. Uh, because he can go, he can determine a winner by winning percentage, but then that does benefit one team over the other, namely the Kansas City Chiefs. And if he had a, if he, Elected to have this game end in a tie. That would also uh, benefit certain teams over others. And there's no perfect way to do this unless you're going to play the game. But according to the AP, according to two sources within the NFL, they're not going to do that. There has also been, and this ties into what Clay told us yesterday, the thought that they could add an extra team into the postseason bracket. Now, why would they do that? Well, they will give two teams a bye. But in order to do that, you can't have seven teams in if you're going to give two teams a bye. You need six teams playing on wildcard weekend. So you'd add the eighth team, and then you could have the two teams in each conference receive the bye and somehow have the competitive balance if you had the no contest. They have not approved that. They haven't uh, floated that through the Associated Press. But that is part of a scenario that has been discussed that's been tacked on to the no contest, tiebreakers, What would happen in week 18 versus, you know, are they going to play week, quote-unquote, 19 in one game only? According to the AP, no, they won't do that, and they're in the process of figuring out how to go about making sure the number one seed, number two seed, and number three seed are figured out in the most possible fair way, given these circumstances.
2: Maybe this came to me in a fever dream, and I'm making it up, but did I read somewhere that one of the scenarios is you flip a coin between one and two? And then the winner decides if they want the buy or home field advantage throughout. And oh, then the other one gets maybe. the other one.
1: I didn't see that, but maybe. Adam
2: Schefter, I'm, I'm pretty sure, tweeted that out. I don't know if it's a coin toss, but basically there's going to be some scenario where one will choose if they want buy or home field advantage. And then the other team gets the other one. To, to make it a little, I guess, more fair where you have some say over what you're going to get. I'll, I'll look that up to make sure. But that was that was a scenario I never considered. In this whole
1: thing. Of everything that you could think of that may happen, that's one I didn't even think about. Because Kansas City, with a a tie in this game, Cincinnati is eliminated from number one seed contention. And then with a Cincinnati win, or excuse me, with a Kansas City win, they would be the one seed based on the tie. Now, if you go to the no contest and you go to winning percentage, then it changes up a lot. And uh, Kansas City can still get the number one overall seed without anything needing to take place, where it doesn't really matter the result of Bills-Bengals if the Bills and Bengals both lose this weekend and Kansas City wins on Saturday against uh, Vegas. Again, all of this being sorted out, but finally, Chad, we're getting some more details as to what they're discussing. That's taken a few days because they're trying, to, they're trying to figure out the best process of going about making sure that they stay on schedule as much as possible, and they don't impact and upset the apple cart. You know, they they want as minimum um, craziness going on as as is possible with every team. How do you impact the least amount of teams? To me, it's the no contest, and then maybe it is just flip a coin. Well, and
2: and here's the exact scenario. This is from Adam Schefter, and he talked about this on ESPN. Said the first plan consists of calling Bengals, Bills, a tie, and then the number one seed in the AFC gets a choice of home field throughout or the bye week. The number two seed would then get the option that the top seed did not choose. The second scenario and one that Schefter describes as, quote, more viable is the option that the NFL might enact before Saturday's game centers around the AFC championship game. Schefter said the AFC title game could be played at a neutral site if it involves teams that do not have the same amount of
1: games played due to Monday's game and being we, a non-result. I brought that up yesterday because yep. you, could, you could do the neutral site, but what you also have to factor in is you're selling tickets to two games and then you're refunding one of those fully, right? So you've, like if Arrowhead's hosting the AFC Championship game, unless Buffalo makes it, right? And then you go neutral. Well, Arrowhead's still hosting Cincinnati. They could still host, you know, uh, Baltimore, whoever it might be, Chargers. Um, But you wouldn't be hosting Buffalo in that case. Unless you just say, In this situation, it's neutral site only for the AFC Championship, but I think they would only do that if it's Bills. Yeah, and and he's clear to say that that neutral site plan
2: only if it involves teams that do not have the same amount of games played due to this cancellation. So if it involves
3: Bills or or Bengals,
2: yeah, it versus the Chiefs or either one of those, yeah, against each other. That would be the scenario that would that would play out. This is also very smart by the NFL. None of this conjecture or any of these plans were really even reported by Adam Schefter, who we know gets every scoop and yeah. talks to everyone. Until when? Until the Buffalo Bills officially put out that report earlier this morning, mid morning, from the doctors. Right. And as the press conference is happening, that it looks like everything is going to be okay. Still, fingers crossed. He's still listed critically ill, but looks like things should be okay with Demar Hamlin. And then now it's time to talk some football and AFC playoff seating. So I think it was was well-planned by the NFL after an unprecedented circumstance with canceling this game because of this horrific incident during the game. They played it out as well as they could after the fact to make sure they were sensitive to DeMar Hamlin, to the Bills, to the Bengals, to everyone involved, to his family. And then you start to get these
1: little tidbits of what the playoff picture could look like. I think it was pull, pulled off well. Dave Lappin, the analyst on Bengals Radio, he will join us coming up at uh, the top of hour number three. So that's a couple of hours away. We'll dive into this situation with the postseason at stake and also take a, a peek ahead to the Bengals-Ravens matchup and actually discuss where Cincinnati is compared to this time last year. I still feel like they're sneaking up on some teams and some people. Like We haven't really talked wholly about Cincinnati being the top 10 team, team in the AFC until midway through the season when they started to go on that run, when they turned things around. We'll talk with uh, Dave Lappin, one of the best uh, when it comes to the the radio networks. He'll join us coming up in hour number three. And um, but Chad, but the other big headline today is Chris Beard, Texas basketball head coach. He has been fired with cause by the University of Texas. Of course, this stems from the domestic violence incident that took place a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yeah. Felony domestic assault uh, on his, his fiance, Randy true a little bit complicated because Randy true then later came out and basically said that it didn't happen the way she claimed it did and that he's innocent of some of these things. Well, the authorities are going through pressing charges because the physical evidence on her after all of this. And she did admit that there was a, some sort of fight physical fight that took place in all of this. Either way, Statement from University of Texas Vice President and A.D. Chris Del Conte says the following, and it's very short and sweet. The University of Texas has parted ways with Chris Beard. This has been a difficult decision or difficult situation that we've been diligently working through. Today, I informed Mr. Beard of our decision to terminate him effective immediately. We thank Coach Rodney Terry for his exemplary leadership, both on and off the court at a time when our team needed it most. We are grateful he will remain the acting head coach for the remainder of the season we are proud of our student-athletes, coaches, and staff who throughout this difficult time have continued to make us proud to be Longhorns after about a month. This ends the Chris Beard ugly chapter at Texas. And in year two, when he had this incident and he was involved in this incident, he had Texas at number two in the country in the AP. He is, separate of all of this, one heck of a basketball coach. Yeah. I mean, that that was a celebrated moment in Texas sports history when they were able to lure him away from Texas Tech after getting the Red Raiders to a national championship game. He is a University of Texas at Austin alum, and he is now gone, fired, huge contract with cause, and he's going to be getting none of that money because of this felony arrest, um, which immediately leads me to the question of Hutton, how long does he sit out before he's coaching somewhere else? Because we've seen it time and time again, he's not going to be out of out of work forever. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's two, maybe it's three that he has to serve some penance for this. That's if he doesn't go to jail. By the way, we'll see how this all plays out in court. But if he's not in prison after this incident, someone's going to hire him in a couple of years.
1: I would yeah, say at it, minimum. But well, it could be a while, though. You yeah. know, because of this legal process playing out. And look, um, we're, no one's shocked by this coming out, right? It was only, based on the information we had available. And the reports that were out, Texas said there was 0% chance they were bringing him back to coach, even as things played out. And firing him with cause, I mean, um, Aaron Torres points out, who's been a guest on this show, a police report that states that his fiance had marks on her when officers arrived, it's not something that goes away with a year out of the spotlight or even an apology tour or even if charges are dropped, which will take some time. My guess is we never see Chris Beard coach a college basketball game again. Now, we'll see where time leads with this, but for the here and now and the foreseeable future, he's absolutely right. Based on the information there and how Texas handled this, it's not like you can just let things play out over the course of a couple months, and then next year, Chris Beard's coaching somewhere again. This isn't uh, Hugh Freeze to liberty. And it
2: also, it it, it provoked a lot of eye rolls when you saw the statement from the fiancé after the fact, because it's textbook seeing a lot of these situations that the female victim will come back and claim, not necessarily that she made it up, but, oh, I don't, I didn't want him arrested. I didn't want him to go to jail yeah. for this. Yes. I was a big part of this. I blame myself. He was, as she said, he was acting in self-defense throughout all of this. And, you know, this, this happens often. The bottom line to me was when this went down and you read the account of the strangulation that took place, the bruises on her body, her running away from the house cops showing up, seeing all this, if you're Chris Del Conte at Texas, unless the authorities come to you and say, there's something that doesn't add up here, hold on a minute, with what this whole story, or she comes out and says, I completely made it up, did it to my whatever, he's fired. Yeah. I mean, even her statement after the fact, if the cops are sitting there saying, there's all these marks on her, there's all of this evidence, she admits to a physical altercation, even if she's now claiming that he was in self-defense, he's fired. I mean, it's a felony arrest for domestic assault, felony domestic assault. And mm-hmm. you're the head coach of Texas, making a lot of money. You're going to have that clause in any contract you sign to that level. So he's gone. There's no surprise here. Uh, the timing of it doesn't surprise me. I think Texas, you, you want to take a little bit of time to make sure that you're you know, doing everything possible, crossing your T's, dotting your I's to make sure you do this the right way and yeah. firing someone with cause. I think they did that, and, and now Coach Terry is going to get a chance to continue this thing out for uh, Texas, who I believe their next game is against Oklahoma State. So that's that's a fascinating team to watch now from the sports perspective to see how they rebound from what is a really messy situation and obviously a huge distraction for the, the basketball no part of this.
1: Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, news from the doctors in Cincinnati on Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, quote, it's not just that the lights are on, he's home. It appears all cylinders are firing in his brain, end quote. Fantastic news today as we start the show. A great story coming up, um, and and quite the story that you need to see and hear to believe. So Scott Stallings, friend of the show, PGA Tour professional. He's currently even through two right now, Kapalua in Maui, for the Century Championship right now. In April, he will be playing in the Masters at Augusta National. But Scott Stallings received the invitation in the mail. Scott Stallings 2.0 received the invitation in the mail for playing at Augusta National. Not the Scott Stallings who qualified for the Masters based on uh, finishing top 30 a year ago and automatically qualifying for the Masters. So Scott Stallings and Scott Stallings will join us when we come back on Outkick 360.
3: OutKick 360
1: rolls on across the OutKick Network. Glad you're with us alongside Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. And Chad, our next guest, as we mentioned, um, he's one of the nicest guys we've ever met. Right? Oh, yeah. And in the tier of... Easily top five nice guys. Just top solid guys. His name's Scott Stallings. He's been in the studio multiple times. He's interacted and hosted us many times uh, across the, the SEC country, especially in Knoxville. PGA Tour professional. He brought us booze one time, too. He, he did that as well. A quick way to our heart. And uh, now he he joins us. However, there is another Scott Stallings who maybe replaces him on the mantle by a notch for being the nicest uh, Scott Stallings we know. And we'll have to refer to them as Scott Stallings 1.0, the PGA Tour professional. And Scott Stallings 2.0, who had a Masters invitation mailed to him by mistake from Augusta National instead of Scott Stallings, who had qualified for the Masters by finishing in the top 30 last year in the Tour Championship. And both of them join us now, 1.0 and 2.0. Scott Stallings is uh, currently at the Century Tournament of Champions in Maui. Uh, and for that, all four of us, where Scott and his wife, uh, Jenny, there uh, in Georgia also join us. Uh, 1.0 Scott Stallings. How are you, man?
0: Good, man. How are you guys? Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you as well. And uh, would you agree that uh, the gentleman below you on the screen, uh, the the Scott Stallings, is nicer than you are?
0: There's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely uh, uh, and, uh, I don't know about I, that. I, a second uh christmas present something i didn't think i was going to have the opportunity to to i'm just happy to know it existed and you know very uh happy that he reached out and um you know honestly this got way more attention than i thought it would ever get but uh you know pure coincidence between you know his his name my name our spouse's names and kind of everything that went in between but I think it goes to show the popularity of the Masters and, you know, how much you know people look forward to it every week in the first week of April. And uh, it would be a cool story to tell, you know, to get a chance to meet Scott and his wife in, in person when we we're there uh, here in a few months. and But uh, <laughs> what a crazy way to start the year and uh, <laughs> something just to happy to know that it, it really exists.
2: So Scott Stallings 2.0, this is for you and, and your wife, Jenny, there. Um, How long? You're obviously a very nice guy, as Hutton said, in the build up to this, to go ahead and and make sure that Scott Stallings, who was actually invited to the Masters, knew about the invite. You got that to him. But let's be completely honest here. Was there any discussion about, hey, how long can we play this thing out? Maybe just maybe we can roll up uh, underneath the magnolia trees and we can show up and see how long we can milk this full Masters experience. Was there any
4: discussion of that? uh briefly but uh i mean we did get a twinkle in our eye thinking that we actually had a master's invitation that in alone was enough (laughs) Uh, but uh i said well i have my driver's license it says scott stallings on it um i have an invitation that says scott stallings on it so what's for them to stop me at the gate i don't know
5: yeah, my take was a little different, clearly, because I was in a panic, full panic. We have to get this back. This is not ours. I,
4: I <laughs> had no intention of Scott, it. Scott
5: was talking about the driving range, and I was just looking at him like, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Scott, Scott who joins us in Maui, who's headed to the Masters to participate, um, and, and 2.0 in Georgia, Scott and Jenny, you realize, like, uh, Scott says above you he says hey I, I don't realize why this is getting so much attention the letter the, the the letter and invitation you received and I know you know this is something that every dude dreams about an invitation oh, yeah. to augusta National <laughs> for the masters championship and you have that sitting in your in your uh, uh, on your counter you get that in your mailbox first just first uh, uh, reaction when you opened it
4: well, I, I think it's it's like getting an invitation t- from to heaven from God. It's about is about as close to I can do, you know, relate it to. I mean, it was
5: which is probably the only reason we really wanted to keep it.
4: <laughs> well, it's it's like Willy Wonka and having the golden ticket and then actually sending it back. It just you know it was it was hard to do but not not really we we knew we followed scott on the, on several of his tours and i knew right away that that's who it belonged to scott you married a smart woman though,
5: we did think they were uh, it, um masters invitations like when i first opened it i thought it was an invitation like to, to go to the masters so i was beyond excited and then confusion set in because I was like, "Why would they send these to St. Simon when we live in Atlanta, and that's where the lottery tickets would be sent?" And then I was like, "Wait, let me read this again." And I read it again, and I'm like, "Oh no! Oh, oh no! This is <laughs> this is not to attend. This is to play." So that's when I started yelling, Scott. <laughs> the,
2: the description, by the way, of the the green envelope that you get. I'm going to go to Scott Stallings 1.0 now for this question because, Scott, you were at the Masters in 2014, was your last Masters, and you received, I'm I'm assuming at that point, no other Scott Stallings across this great country received the invitation that time. You actually got it. Your reaction when you saw it, and one thing about the Masters we know is that nothing changes about that tournament. Is it the same in 2023 for the Masters invitation as it was in 2014 when you got sent the invitation that was supposed to go to you in the first place?
0: I would assume so. I've only seen a picture. I haven't actually physically held it. <laughs> so, uh, um, we but, have, but yeah, yeah. We're joined by
1: two Scott Stallings, uh, 1.0 in Maui, participating in the Century <laughs> Tournament of Champions, and uh, he's headed to play uh, in the Masters Tournament coming up in April. The Scott Stallings 2.0 uh, joins us in Georgia and received Scott's invitation. To the Masters Championship. Um, so, have you been? Have you been to a, a round? Have you been to Augusta? I'm living in Atlanta and St. Simons. Have you actually been on the course? Never.
4: We've we've driven by the course, uh, but that's about as close as we've been able to set foot. So, it's always been on a bucket list to go. Um, both our fathers were big golfers, and uh, the Masters was always the thing that was on TV you know when it when it came on so it's, it's one of those bucket list items so um scott's kind of making that happen for us you know it wasn't expected i didn't expect any of this so and
2: uh we know that scott a well, 1.0 is a really good golfer obviously yeah. I, I you're you're a golfer as well how good of a golfer are you don't downplay it if you're good don't oh. sit, don't sit here and give us false humility uh, what um, would
4: your likely uh, score
2: have been if you just showed up and said, yes, yeah, Scott Stallings here to tee off. I'm
4: ready to go. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I would be on the bottom of the list and wouldn't make the first cut. Um, uh, you yeah, know, if I if I'm shooting in the low 90s, I'm I'm happy.
1: Uh, Scott, yeah. In, in Maui, you mentioned that uh, you heard him say he's never been to Augusta National. And I mean, this is a perfect time, right?
0: This is the perfect time. He, he already knows uh, we're going to do some practice rounds. Uh, we have a dinner uh, set up Monday night for uh, him and his wife and get a chance to kind of be on the grounds in person. <laughs> oh, there's my daughter. <laughs> uh, she, she's ready to go. To the she's ready to say, hurry up. Dog. Get
5: off the call. Uh,
0: uh, but yeah, it'll be a cool opportunity to kind of get a chance to shake his hand and uh, uh, meet him in person and have a chance to, you know, tell an incredible story and of coincidence, and uh, you know, kind of make it, you know, a, a great start to, a, a, you know, one of the best weeks in golf, if not the best week in golf.
1: Yeah, this is going to be awesome, Scott, because you mentioned you're taking him to dinner. Um, the only restaurant I know in Augusta that anyone goes to is Hooters. And that's legit. Like everyone's a hoot.
2: Ginny, <laughs> you'll love it. So, the wings are to oh die for. Yeah. Uh, uh, I highly recommend so, a wing platter of some sort. But he's having a dinner uh, yeah, set up for you.
0: you.
5: Know.
2: I,
1: I'm so excited for that. Two
0: that <laughs> <weird. laughs> a Hooters? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have we'll just we'll do a little bit better than that. Scott,
1: <laughs> Scott, what did you think when a guy with your same name um, slid up in your DMs? Uh,
0: honestly, I, I don't check them probably like I should. And <laughs> to be honest, uh, it was just a sort of a weird coincidence. I had another friend of mine that sent me a text and it's he like, Hey, I've been messaging you for a while. You should check your, uh, you know, I guess unsolicited or people you don't follow or whatever. And then I got on there and that was the first thing that caught my eye is someone with my same name. And then it was like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I was uh, happy that it worked out that way. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of other strange messages in that part of my Instagram that I didn't really know existed. But, uh, you know, uh, happy that it did. And uh, yeah, I just can't thank him enough for uh, reaching out and, you know, kind of bringing. I, I knew it was happening, but it's just nice to know that and the ability to kind of tell the whole story was pretty cool.
2: And it's such a wild coincidence. So you owned a company based in St. Simons Island, Georgia, the last time you got the invite. No, and That's where the mix up uh, happened.
0: No, I was uh, my management company was based in St. Simons and they were they were bought uh, by another management company and then they moved the office and that was the old address of the management company that I was with the last time that I played the Masters. So when they were acquired, they moved the office. It's still based in St. Simons, but it's no longer in that same location.
1: This has been awesome. And, and, Yo, go ahead, Scott. And we're like, one, we're like
4: one block away from it. So the only thing oh. that we can cons- understand is that UPS, when they saw that the Scott Stallings is not at that address, they knew that we they've delivered packages where we are now. So that's why it probably ended up at our
1: door. So what other coincidences are there between the two names other than the <laughs> same name in the business?
4: Well, same name, uh, same wife's name. Um, we we both like the same bourbon.
1: Um, <laughs> we, we've learned
5: that um,
0: this is coffee, but my, my sister, yeah. my sister sure. gave
5: Scott a bottle of Taylor for Christmas, and that became quickly our new favorite. And then we just realized that's your favorite. So that was that was pretty coincidental. And then I think my greatest my greatest thing you two share in common is you both look amazing in green. <laughs>
2: Ooh, there we go. <laughs> you, uh, by the way, you guys are in luck because they serve Taylor at the Hooters Augusta. So yeah. you're, you're in luck. You're, uh, you're going to be set for that dinner when you, when you guys awesome. get down there. Do guys, yeah,
4: We do have one big prediction. Yes. Scott Stallings is going to win the Masters. There you go. I, I love it. Do, do you do you hype up years. Scott Stallings scores also on social media? Yes. When you see him close <laughs> to the top of the leaderboard? All the time. Every time I see him on TV and they show his scores up, I'll take a picture of it and throw it on my Facebook saying that it's, it's, saying it's me. So. What
5: if he's on the leaderboard, though?
4: Oh, yeah. It falls off, then I just leave it alone.
1: He's playing some of the best golf of his career, too, so you've been busy on those He reports. is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys, congratulations on, on, on all this. When I say you're going to the Masters and all that for the first time, that's awesome. Scott, uh, dude, you. you're, you're, again, I mean that. You're playing some of the best golf. You know that. Um, go win at Maui. Uh, in the Century Tournament. And then uh, Withrow and I will make our way down to Augusta as well. We'll see you at Hooters before you go to uh, your, your private dinner. We'll
2: have a big <laughs> corner table with yeah. John
1: Daly, will join us also, who sets it. up shop yeah. at
2: that Hooters. And we'll all sit around and, and sip some Taylor together. It's going to be perfect. That's
4: awesome,
5: Awesome. Man. Can't wait. You guys really, cool. really know how to set the stage.
2: That's yes. <laughs> what we do, Jenny. That's yes. what we do. We set the stage. We do nothing else. See, I'm lucky because my name is Chad, and no Chad has ever done anything of great consequence. So I never get mistaken for any great person. So you're lucky that you married a Scott Stallings, who happens to have a Scott Stallings as a PGA Tour professional also. So congratulations all right. to all of you. All right.
1: Thank you. Thank you. There is Scott Stallings 1.0 and 2.0, and 2.0 with his wife Jenny there as well. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, and what a, a crazy story with all of that. Uh, more coming. Stay tuned on OutKick360.
3: It's only a kick, <laughs> a jump, <laughs> a block. It's only a serve. <laughs> it's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans.
2: After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
1: Adidas. Oh, Kick360 rolls on. Our thanks to the Scott Stallings for joining Scott us. Scott Stallings Squared? Yeah. yeah. The um, Brother Stallings, even though it's, they're not brothers? So, oh, I mean... It's cool that he's going to Augusta. You hey, know? do you ever watch Finding Your
2: Roots with, uh, I think it's Henry Louis Gates. Is that the historian on PBS? I feel like
1: I've seen parts Bits of them. one. You're yeah. a
2: PBS guy, I feel yeah, like, sometimes. I, yes. um, this old house. I, I'm watching the other day American Roadshow. Is that another one, I think? Um, uh, Antique. Antique Roadshow, yeah. thank you. Hutton knows all the, the hits. We'd call games on PBS at times for state <laughs> championships, so we'd have to run through their lineup So we know all of the hits on on public television. But they had (laughs) Edward Norton and Julia Roberts on the show. And I feel like every show, you know, the big reveal is that someone from the South, their ancestors owned slaves, which Mm. is never a huge shock to the people on there. Julia Roberts this time, you know, you had on your father's side, someone owned slaves. How does that make you feel? And she's like, well, I'm from Georgia. So I thought it might be possible. Certainly not a good thing, but something I thought would happen. But this one, Edward Norton, my, one of my favorite actors, maybe my favorite actor, my guy, he is a direct descendant of Pocahontas. What? <laughs> I'm serious. His, great, his 12th great-grandmother is Pocahontas, and his 12th great-grandfather is John Rolfe marrying Pocahontas. Wow. And he said, I heard about this. When I was a kid and we all just laughed it off as some silly I mean, could you not? family thing. Like, oh yeah, sure. We're descendants of Pocahontas, <laughs> but on the, the DNA and everything on this show, they found that out. It's amazing. Edward Norton, a, di- a direct descendant of Pocahontas. So who else have you seen on this show? Oh, they've had, oh, it's, it's a bunch of, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure who all I've seen on there, yeah. but it's, it's every, so many actors have done it, but this was
1: the latest episode. I've. I love that idea of trying to trace back where you're from. You yeah. Know? But you have to be able to deal with the good and the bad, with that.
2: Yeah, I, right? I did that, so one year for Christmas I wanted one of these, Ancestry.com or one of them.
1: Mm-hmm. But they get you like
2: the entry level where you get so much of your family tree.
1: And then and then you pay for the rest?
2: Yeah, then hey, send us a blood, blood test <laughs> and we'll get the rest of it. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll just look at this for a little bit. <laughs> I'll read like you know the census from 1850 in South Carolina and you see. You didn't my, like my the results ancestry. enough to
1: pay for them. Yeah,
2: it's pretty uneventful other than uh, the
1: von Schmidto side of it, which was Dude, very I, eventful. I'm game for this. I think we should do this in a couple of months. Cause it's I'm,
2: really cool how it's done. I'm like I, I want to do, do a it. Finding Your Roots Outkick 360 edition where we can talk about because the way he presents it and all the
1: information they well, have and you're you're getting it on screen so it's your reaction to seeing yeah. oh wow look at this so do we, do you get like medical history and all that cuz i'm adopted so i don't know anything about that oh they, they have dna i mean it shows yeah. everywhere you're from that's like we should do that it's cool yeah and we, i mean we'll speak this into existence cuz we've mentioned this for months
2: now it's going to so, happen yeah if we keep talking about it, if you keep we'll floating good ideas out, eventually we'll pay for it. Someone won't sit in silence, so they're just going to act. They're going to hear it and they're going to say, "You know what? I'm going to take the initiative and do that." You know what you should take the initiative and do, Hutton? If you're a manager of a college basketball team, make sure you have the jerseys. You should remember to bring the jerseys to the arena <laughs> because Texas A&M last night well, failed on. to
1: do this. Unless it's only going to penalize you one point. And then I mean, what's what are you what are you out? Here? So, it was a few minutes. I actually
2: tuned into this game. Texas A&M Florida last night, college basketball, getting ready to start 6 p.m. Central Time. Conference play, conference play, conference opener for A&M, not for Florida. They forget to bring the jerseys to the arena, so they're warming up in their warm up jer- practice jerseys. I don't know, whatever they have. And you they go it, back this to this is in Gainesville. Back to the locker room. Yep, they're supposed to put their um,
1: game jerseys on them. Where they stay? And where we stay? Because that might be the issue at the Airbnb. Uh, I
2: doubt they stayed at the Depot House Airbnb that was okay. atrocious. So they're in a hotel somewhere, but they is traffic and they left at first off traffic in Gainesville. I don't I don't root. People live in Gainesville other than students. <laughs> I didn't think that was a thing. But they go back to the hotel, they double time it back. It was like 3 or 4 minutes. The delay it wasn't a long time,
1: but shouldn't it be a bigger penalty than one technical free throw if you hold up the start of a game? But how did they hold up to the start of the game? If you're on the way, why can't you just go ahead and start warming up and then get your game uniforms right before tip?
2: No, they didn't have them. Like The, the tip time was 6.02 or whatever, yeah. And it was 6.06 or 6.07. They got there at 6.04 and quickly put the uniforms on to start. They could not start the game. They didn't even warm up? No, they warmed up. This is what was weird to me. They warmed up in warm-ups like oh, yeah. uh, practice jersey and practice gear. Right. They got back to the locker room, pregame talk, ready to come back out there, and suddenly, no uniforms. So they had to send the managers back to the hotel, who forgot the wow. uniforms, bring them back to the O'Connell Center. So it's Center. not like they're
1: on the way, and they had to turn around on the bus and get the uniforms. They were already
2: there. No, they were there, warmed up, ready to go, that, That's no even uniforms. more bizarre.
1: That
0: also, they didn't realize it's that. it's just,
2: yeah, it's, it's weird. I remember in high school one time, the team that came from some town around ours only brought their home uniform, and we were at the gym without our other uniform already, so we had to put on practice jerseys and
1: turn them inside out. We had or to whatever.
2: turn it to like the black side of our yeah. black and gold practice jersey for an entire game because the other team didn't bring the right
1: uniform. But only it's just one technical free throw. That's one. it.
2: That's it. Doesn't it seem like it should be more. Yes. Is it per like? I know there's every no such thing as like four free throws. It's either one or two, but one technical free throw is one nothing when they started the game.
1: Yeah, that doesn't – That's not. That, to me, that's not a penalty. And then they tipped it up. I think it should be one – it, it should
2: ball. be two free throws and you just open the game. You get both halves. Like you would the second half. You just inbound it. Yeah. How, how has been the start to conference play been? It's been good. Um, it's a little sloppy for a team like Arkansas, who was top ten for a while. Kentucky's going to be the big talk nationally. I, I don't understand how they're not really good. They should be so much better. I mean, Oscar Sheebway. Severe wheel, Wheeler, they're talented. I and think, they have veteran guys. But we
1: know they will peak at the right time.
2: But their SEC two leaders are like fourth and fifth year players.
1: Yeah. So that's and, what and I don't
2: understand about why they're not better right now. They'll, get, they'll be fine, I think, ultimately with that talent, but they're not very good right now.
1: Um, the Pro Football Hall of Fame finalists, the 15 modern era finalists were announced yesterday. I actually put this announcement on hold uh, due to the issues with DeMar Hamlin. Uh, but announced, and we see some of the, the new players, the first-year first, el- first year eligible players, uh, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, Dwight Freeney. Uh, they're leading the way in, in this, in, in their first year of this class of the 15. And Chad, I mean, and, and for good reason. Joe Thomas, one of the top tackles in the league, 11-year career, uh, six-time All-Pro. Uh, He's a second-team All-Pro a couple of other times. He played a streak, and I was at the game in Cleveland when he went down with the injury. He played a streak of 10,363 consecutive plays before he went down with injury towards the end of his career, and he he left that game in week one. Uh, Revis, also in the 2007 NFL draft. Revis Island. That's all you need to know about his Hall of Fame candidacy. And Dwight Freeney who for his size, you wouldn't think he would have the production he did, but the spin move off the edge during a 16-year career in Indianapolis where the speed and that spin move accounted for 125 career sacks and a defense that played with the lead, that benefited him because he was the Peyton Manning era, but he was unstoppable on the edge in in an era where it was left tackle dominant. He was unstoppable on either side, and I think he's also Hall of Fame caliber. It, the, Joe Thomas and Darrell reeves first ballot. Dwight Freeney very very well may get there as well.
2: So you're going in that order. I was going to say let's rank the three Joe in Thomas. terms of first ballot, Hall of Fame, candidacy. Yeah. Joe Thomas clearly won. I think Revis is very close to Freeney, but I give Revis a slight edge.
1: The other finalists. And then, three. Yeah, and then, yes, I agree. But the other finalists uh, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Torrey Holt, and uh, Jared Allen at defensive end, Demarcus Ware, uh, Albert Lewis, a corner for the Chiefs, Rondé Barber, Devin Hester, Zach Thomas, Patrick Willis, Darren Woodson. So I think Devin Hester is going to be one of those that years from now
2: is going to lead to great debate on on his candidacy. He's not going to get in now, but one of those guys that it's it's going to spark this big debate about the value of special teams in the return game with Devin Hester every single time. Right? It's like when yeah. a kicker is up for the Hall of Fame. You, or a punter, you start looking at it and say, "Okay, well, what did he really do?" I think I think Hester's going to become that guy. It's just going to be a big talking point.
1: Well, in the moments, too. You know, he opened the 2007 Super Bowl with the kickoff return for a touchdown. You know, all-pro. He's a member of the all-decade team. I don't know how you leave him out, quite frankly. But they, I mean, he's also a player I think is going to have to wait, as terrible as that sounds. I
2: think he's going to have to wait longer than
1: we think. He's going to have to wait. And then Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, and uh, the – I'm trying to think of the the other one I'm leaving off now. There's three wide receivers. Um, Reggie Wayne, Torrey Holt, and Andre Johnson. You have everyone – from the St. Louis Rams Super Bowl era, practically, the uh, greatest show on turf that's in the hall right now, except for Tory Holt. And Reggie Wayne has been waiting his turn, and now Andre Johnson is also in the mix. And typically, the same position guys cancel each other out in many cases. You know, you have votes going to each guy, and then ultimately, sometimes none of them get through in the case of wide receiver they're compared to that next level of wide receiver play and while they're certainly very deserving the numbers are so massive now which guys are used to seeing that by the time they you know get in and you have the next era come through they'll be dwarfed in these especially quarterback and wide receiver numbers in the passing era all three of these guys deserving though of a hall of fame career and Jared Allen uh, with what he did with the Chiefs, the Vikings, and then what, finished the career with his, with the Bears. Uh, another guy that I think is uh, certainly pro football Hall of Fame worthy. Well, so
2: first glance, Reggie Wayne versus Andre Johnson. Maybe this is unfair of me. I give the nod to Andre Johnson because he was a Texan and was able to accumulate all those stats. And Reggie Wayne was catching passes from Peyton Manning. Well, and,
1: yeah, and they were...
2: And then, that's, again, this is, uh, we go back to, is that fair or not, but... I give the edge to Andre Johnson and Andre based Johnson, on his
1: organization. He led the league in receptions and in yards twice during an era where we were seeing the true takeoff of wide receivers. Yep. Two time All Pro during that same time, too. Um, I lean his way as well uh, in, in regards to those two. You're right. And the organization factors in, too. Headlines next to now kick 360.